Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back in here to another episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Colby Orrin Bertram, joined alongside by Dylan Sackett, as we're going to be recapping the Virginia Tech versus UNC game from over this weekend. Um, the lesser uh, of, of two results for the Hokies, uh, as they also played them in uh, women's soccer this weekend. Uh, the football team, uh, you know, a few hours before that was not quite as successful, uh, losing at Chapel Hill 41 to 10. Now, with that in mind, you know, I, I'd be remiss without starting this episode here um, with kind of, I, I, I guess, a little bit of an elephant in the room, with that being the score. Um, how much of that game were you able to catch? And if so, how dominant were the Tar Heels? Um, so I was, I watched pretty much most of the game. I was watching that and a couple other games at the same time. I think the story of this game is um, Drake May is really living living up to the hype, as we talked about in the preview on Thursday with Lucas from the Daily Tar Heel. He's saying that you know the six. 16 TDs, one interception. You know, when most freshman QBs start out that good, you know, there comes a, a little downfall in their career, and I have yet to see him miss a step. Yeah, Drake May has been incredible to start this season. Uh, he was one of the highlights when uh, we have not only talked about this team, of course, in that previous episode with Lucas May, um, but also when we've talked about this team in prior instances. I believe we talked about it um, – in the one of one of the pick episodes, actually, I think it would have been the one last week or no, two weeks ago, I think, when UNC played Notre Dame. We were talking about the talent that Drake May has, and he showed in this game 26 36, 36 three yards, three touchdowns. When you're talking about the positives of this game, it's all going to come from UNC, and it's certainly going to come from uh May, as May had a uh, combined total of five touchdowns, actually, so being a part of every single touchdown of the game. Uh, he had two rushing touchdowns. He was 13 carries, 73 yards. Uh, that's really impressive as well. Um, and then on, on top of that, of course, the passing stats I had, and Drake May had himself a day. But, of course, it wasn't just Drake May. When you're looking at that Tar Heels offense, uh, you had just about everybody, except for really the run game, get involved. I mean, the run game outside of Drake May, uh, the top two rushers, Mari Hampton and – Amari Hampton and Caleb Hood uh, had combined with 15 carries for 69 yards. So not bad, but, you know, not, not much on the run, uh, run game aspect as a lot of the air, uh, the air game was really able to be successful when you have someone, you know, like Josh Downs putting up 120 yards on eight catches. You've got Bryson Nesbitt, uh, four catches, 98 yards. You've also got Antoine Green, uh, out there with four catches, 59 yards. Just a really, really successful game for the Tar Heels on offense. Was there really a, a, someone outside of Drake May that you really uh, thought shined that game? Um, I think everybody kind of shined, I think. But most importantly, like we've been talking about Drake May, I think he's, he's learned how to share the rock so well, and that's what's making this UNC offense so powerful and so fun to watch. Uh, personally for me this year is how they have all these weapons and he is able to keep drives alive. He is able to, he has a great offensive line that keeps him in the pocket. And sometimes if the defense does, you know, come at him and beat the offensive line, he's able to 
flush out of the pocket and find these wide receivers, and they're always on the move, which made it frustrating for the Virginia Tech defense this weekend specifically. But, you know, if you're just a regular fan watching this game, it's pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, of course, it wasn't just the North Carolina offense that was successful. I mean, it was going to be hard to stop this offense no matter what. Uh, but that defense was very successful, too. The best game that it's put up this season, as they've conceded at the very least 24 or more points every single game this season, including to uh, FAMU, who were missing a slew of players in that week one opening matchup. Um, but after that loss at Chapel Hill uh, against Notre Dame, who had not seen any sort of offensive success in prior weeks, uh, they go ahead and hold the Hokies to only 10 points. Yeah, I think the defense was really motivated this week. Um, I don't, I don't know what what motivated this defense, but they were harassing Grant Wells all day. They was they were tight on defense, covering our wide receivers, making it very hard for them to get open, which uh, made it frustrating for Grant Wells. And as you see on the stat line, he did end up throwing an interception. Um, so this defense was able to cause turnovers and mistakes for the Hokies. Yeah, certainly the best. Uh, I, I I think you can say that this defense has played all season. Really, really strong effort. Um, no matter what struggles the Virginia Tech offense has had to start the year, uh, holding that type of team, particularly a Power 5 team, to under 10 points, particularly after a not-so-great performance the prior week, is, is certainly an inspired performance from the Tar Heels. And it was a really good game uh, from UNC. There's Nothing really bad to say about it. Nothing really, you know, like it, it was just a solid game for the Tar Heels who come out with a dominant victory uh, ahead of its next matchup this coming weekend against Miami, in which the bright side for them is Miami's been struggling uh, this season. They've lost their last two games to Texas A&M and MTSU and are now unranked. So Tar Heels in a very wide open ACC Coastal could possibly start to become a little bit of the coastal favorites here, tied with uh, Duke at the top with one win in the conference. Now, to look at the other end of it, the Virginia Tech and uh, for, you know, for, for how the team played, uh, certainly a very underwhelming performance and one that really was kind of, uh, it, it was it was almost like, everything kind of coming together with the struggles that the offense has seen throughout the first four games uh, with the struggles that Grant Wells had faced on the field so much so that towards the end of the game, he was replaced by Jason Brown. Yeah, I think it's the same thing that I saw in the West Virginia game uh, last Thursday. He started out great with a couple of drives. We were able to get, you know, he ran the ball, uh, had a rushing touchdown, uh, we got a field goal. We we're, were able to get we we're able to get some points early on, but I don't know. There's something that I still can't figure out um, where it hits him, where he can't move the ball. We can't move the chains. Uh, this offense starts to struggle. We, you know, then we try to go to the run game. That doesn't work. Uh, he tries to do the same thing on third down. You know, he'll throw on first down, run the ball on second down, and then. You know, we don't do don't get enough yardage. So then he's forced to throw on third down, which costs causes him to make costly mistakes, which we saw in this game. So um I think overall, um 
it worries me when you when this team has to go play against Pitt, who's a really good offense, how this offense is going to be able to keep up with a team like Pitt that loves to put up points on the board. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, struggles are not offensively, and we can even break it down a little bit more on each end. Um, the, ultimately, what surprised me the most when you look at the stat line is the fact that it almost feels like Virginia Tech has gone away from the run game. Uh, the run game was really where the Hokies had started to find success this season, or at least that's how it felt uh, after Old Dominion and Boston College and I believe even the Wofford game as well. I'm just checking to make sure. Yeah, I mean, even Jalen Holston didn't have that bad of a game there. I believe that was the one where Keyshawn King got banked up. And it was one where, though the weather didn't certainly turn out this way for Virginia Tech, it was one where we were kind of talking about that it was going to be a run game for the Hokies. And with Malachi Thomas being reported by David Cunningham to have been suited up for the day, it almost kind of figured that Thomas was going to get touches as well. And not only did that happen, did that not happen, but it felt like we, there, it felt like Virginia tech there just didn't uh, do enough on the ground. Like Keyshawn King only had nine touches when he had put up 52 yards as well, 25 of them on one rush, but still that'd be eight of, I'm trying to do the math in my head, like 27. And that's not that bad. You'd, you'd think that Virginia tech may have tried to capitalize on that run game a little bit more. Agreed. I think Brent Pye needs to start, needs to figure out what kind of offense he's establishing. Is he going to establish a run-heavy offense or a pass-heavy offense? And like you said, in that Boston College Wolford game, we established a really great running game. We were running the ball right down, right through their defense. And, you know, if we needed to throw, we were throwing and we were moving the chains. But I think with teams like West Virginia and North Carolina, teams that are, um, that love to throw the ball, I think maybe – we tried to play like them in a sense of like, okay, if they're going to, if they like to throw the ball, let's throw the ball and let's try to play catch up with them. And we just got absolutely dusted. And I think the difference would have been in that West Virginia and in this North Carolina game. I don't think it would have been a big difference, but we need to play to our strengths and not to the other team's strength. And I think if we do this run heavy defense, uh, run heavy offense against Pitt, it could be a completely different ballgame than what I, than what could happen this Saturday. And before uh, I talk about what I think was the biggest thing from the offensive side and your uh, thoughts on it, I think the most telling thing about the offensive struggles in this game, particularly against the side that defense was as weak as the Tar Heels, is that Virginia Tech had more of the possession. If you go and look at the team stats on ESPN – uh, Virginia Tech had 31 minutes of possession, almost 32, and North Carolina was at that 28 mark. Yet North Carolina puts up 41 points and Virginia Tech puts up 10. On top of that, what one issue that was noted um, after the West Virginia game, and I don't believe he was listed in the preview, but um, Virginia Tech has been struggling with penalties massively. Um, and... The, the fact of the matter is, this game, they didn't. They only had three penalties for 22 yards. So it's almost confusing in a sense as well, because it seems like things almost got cleaned up a little bit penalty-wise. But Virginia Tech, even with more time, even with cleaning up penalties, still couldn't move the ball on what was a defense in very poor form. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. Like you were saying, like, those past games where we win and we 
have less possession and have more rushing yards. We do have a lot of penalties. Um, I don't, I don't really have a good response to the penalties. I think it's a big win. I think it's a win for the offensive line and for the team, you know, to have, uh, I think this is the lowest amount of penalties we've had all season. So definitely try to uh, take that into the next week and try to continue to keep that number low. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm just as confused as you are with this team. And actually, one last point I think I want to make before uh, talking about one last thing on the offensive side. The defense as well, when you look at it, uh, neither side was really able to get uh, many sacks defensively, but Virginia Tech did not get a single one. They had six tackles for loss, but uh, I, I think this is almost a little bit of a uh, acknowledgement of the strength of the UNC offensive line. We certainly talked about that in the preview episode, and it looks like that it was just a massive problem for Virginia Tech. Uh, they, they've been doing all right defensively, particularly getting to the quarterback, uh, as you'd seen in a matchup uh, at, uh, at Lane Stadium against Boston College, but this game certainly wasn't the case. Yeah, if you're the UNC offensive line and co- coach, you definitely uh, are happy about this, not giving up a single sack. Um, I don't, I, I don't know really what to say. I was really when I was watching this game, I was looking at Dax Hollifield, looking at, at him, really watching him on defense, like focusing in on one player, and he just did not seem like himself that game. I don't know what happened, but it just normally in like the Boston College and you know, Wolford and ODU, he, he's able to get to the quarterback. He's able to get to the running back and come up with those tackles and make force those big plays. Uh, but obviously this past week, it didn't really happen. And I think that, that needs to change. Someone on defense needs to step up and start forcing some turnovers to help this offense get some points on the board. And with that in mind, I think the the biggest question on everyone's mind is during that game, of course, as previously mentioned, Grant Wells was replaced by Jason Brown. Um, I was prepping a lot for the women's soccer match, so I wasn't able to uh, really notice the change. Did it just seem like something that was coming towards the end of the game? Or does it seem like that Brent Fry is looking to possibly move on to Jason Brown or possibly someone different when uh, it comes time to play Pittsburgh this coming week? Um, that's an interesting one because I've seen this uh, tactic happen a few times in college football where they bring on the backup. I think this is just one of those games where it's like we were already getting blown out, so why not? Mm-hmm. Let's not risk the quarterback. I think he trusts Grant Wells. Don't get me wrong, Grant Wells – he has he hasn't been playing bad he hasn't been playing extraordinary like he's he's the man for the job for right now and i think he i think he just needed you know there was nothing else he could have really done in that game to you know help help us try to scrape away a few more points so i think brent Pry was bringing in jason brown to just see what he can do and just get some practice snaps i i feel like um I don't think this is the end of Grant Wells at Virginia Tech. I think he will start again next week, um, but Pry's going to have a different plan for him against Pitt. Yes, just seen a lot of commotion when you're scrolling through social media uh, about it, and you know the the more you look at it, the more that's kind of what it felt like. The fact that it's just kind of, uh, in, in a sense, um, I believe. 
actually speaking of women's soccer, when they lost four to one against Pitt a couple of weeks ago, I believe they took out their starting keeper Hargrove in place of Dare Burnett um, because ultimately it was just kind of like the get, you're not going to be able to come back and this is late and why not get Burnett minutes and, you know, at the very least, you know, see what she can do, but ultimately make it to where Hargrove can just kind of get to the next game. And, you know, for Jay Tech's been great ever since for that. Um, however, in this case, I would agree that that's almost kind of seems like what it is. It's, you don't want Grant Wells to get injured. You, want, you don't want Grant Wells to uh, overexert. Um, may as well just take him out when you're getting blown out. Uh, throw in Jason Brown, see what he can do. Maybe you like him more. That, you know, they're both transfer quarterbacks. I don't think anything's guaranteed, but ultimately I, I do think it was just kind of make sure Grant Wells is safe. Well, with that in mind, uh, of course, we will have the pit preview coming up this week. Uh, Virginia Tech still on the road, uh, taking that trip up to Pittsburgh. Uh, and then, of course, after that, they will have another week's break until they are back in Blacksburg against Miami. Um, with that in mind, uh, only thing I can really leave uh, leave with is this, you know, as we're not going to be previewing the pit game yet, it's just uh, I, I think it'd be nice to see, and I think you can agree, uh, as he did suit up this past weekend, hopefully Malachi Thomas is feeling up for being able to get some touches against Pitt because it could be a really big tie changer for this Virginia Tech offense if you're able to have that one-two punch of Malachi Thomas and Keyshawn King. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. I think that's what we, we, we're kind of circling back to the same point of these earlier games. That's what's made this offense. I think that's uh, probably maybe one of the causes to why we didn't play so well this week against North Carolina is because we didn't have that one-two punch of King and Thomas where you can just rotate those guys in. So they're all, one guy's always being rested. And I think King just kind of wore out. Well, Virginia Tech fans will certainly hope that they will put up more than 10 points in this coming matchup against Pitt. Uh, North Carolina fans are certainly going to be jubilant, and I think it's going to be a really fun matchup this weekend for the Tar Heels uh, against the Hurricanes. Uh, def definitely one that could be a big tie changer for the Postal, certainly one that you can gauge for the Tar Heels to see what to expect of them as the, this season goes on. But with all that being said, thank you all so very much to listening to another episode of the 304 Sports Podcast. I want to thank again, as you'd mentioned, Lucas Tomei, who was on with the preview uh, episode for us. Um, and on top of that, of course, thanking you again, Dylan, uh, for being able to come back for the recap. Certainly a pleasure to be able to talk again. And with that in mind, of course, we have a lot of episodes coming out this week. Um, we are lining up things. So we're excited for things. Of course, we got a lot of football still to talk about. And just make sure to keep uh, keep an eye out for when we drop next. So thank you all so very much for listening to this episode and have a great rest of your day.